Welcome to the Industrious Radio Show, where we talk about what does it mean to work hard, live fit, and have an exceptional life. Show is hosted today by Barry Napier, Stephen Hitt, and Jeremy Donner. Let's join the show. Welcome, friends, to another episode of the Industrious Radio Show. Today, I have Steve-O and Molly in the house. What's up, guys? Hey, what's yo. up? What's up? We are diving into a super cool topic today, and that is around setting yourself up for success. Whether you're coming into the gym for the first time, or whether you've been coming, you're starting to get some momentum, or you're a long-time athlete, there are certain things that you should be doing and thinking about in order to keep that momentum going, stay strong, stay healthy, and today, we're going to get into some of the core critical mistakes people make, as well as some tips, tricks, and tactics you can use to stay at the top of your game. Guys, ready to dive in? Let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's start off maybe with first time in or coming in newer person. And let's maybe talk foundations because, frankly, even for some advanced athletes and people who've been around for a while, foundations, foundations, foundations. Yes, yes. So important. Um, and, and, and I love that we're starting there because when when you come to the gym for the for the first time, uh, or if you're coming in doing any sort of exercise program for the first time that's new, or it's just been a very long time since you've done it, the the most common mistake people make is they have all this motivation. Something has triggered them to get back into the gym. There's some sort of trigger there, um, and they are motivated and they are excited and they want goal they, or they want uh, results and they want them quick. And so they're really fired up. And so people will oftentimes come into the gym with tons of motivation and they want to train very, very hard, very, very aggressively right out of the gate. And that's a mistake. Uh, the, the goal, your primary goal, whenever you start a new exercise program, uh, it should be to build a foundation in which you can train hard on. So your initial goal coming in should not be, I am going to accomplish all of this crazy stuff for myself and get my body to look a certain way and perform a certain way against this incredibly tight timeline. That should not be your focus. Uh, instead, what your focus should be is I'm going to give myself one month to build a foundation within my body in which I can train hard on. A minimum of a month. A I mean, minimum. sometimes it takes much longer than that. It yes. just depends on where you're coming in at. If you're coming in and you've been doing some level, have some level of fitness through a traditional Globo gym or whatever, you are in some some lifts, in some capacities, you will have a foundation. But there will be a ton of stuff that you will have not done that your foundation is kind of reset. So you've got to check the ego when it certainly kind of when it comes to the weights. And just also recognize if you're coming in really untrained, like you haven't really been doing that much, then it might take you a little bit longer to build that foundation. And so I think if you're coming in for the first time and you're thinking like, okay, over the next few months I'm going to start becoming more comfortable, more confident because I'm building a foundation of movement, movement patterns, and understanding what some of these lifts even are. It's so true. It's so true. I, uh, I, I don't, it sounds a little intimidating, I think, to brand new people, but I really think that three months is about how long it takes um, just to do all of the movements that we do in the gym once or twice, because there's so much different stuff that we do. Um, you know, you're not going to, if you come for two weeks, it's not like, okay, I've done everything. I'm awesome at everything. I've learned everything I need to know. Like let's pile on the weight or move on to the next thing or whatever. So, um, 
yeah, I usually, I don't like to say that to brand new people. I think three months is kind of intimidating, um, but it, it really does. And, you know, in our experience, what we've seen with brand new people in the gym is, uh, you know, really once they hit that two month mark, the three month mark, if they've been consistent, they've been working on, you know, building that foundation to start once they hit the two or three month mark, they are taken off. Um, and so I, I do, I think that one month is pretty, uh, short. Um, I do think that three months is about how long it takes to just do all of the movements once or twice just to kind of get familiar with them uh, and build that foundation. Yes. Yeah. You have to, you have to give your body an opportunity to get put through certain stimulus uh, that, that, that create a a body that can be peppered with intensity, if that makes sense. Um, It it is so important because in, in oftentimes what will happen to people will be doing a lot of training for pleasure, if that makes sense. You know, they, they they enjoy running, they enjoy doing uh, things that are active. They enjoy doing Spartan races. They enjoy, so that's all pleasure based training. If that makes sense, you're doing it because you, you enjoy it. And then all of a sudden, you know, a big competitional loom or something like that, where they'll be like, I got to start training or the competition that they've been training for, maybe the standards and the, and the rigors of, of qualification go way up and they, they like hit the panic button and they go instantly into this aggressive, hard training mode in mindset when they're coming off a body that they've really been prepping for, for, for just pleasure workouts, you know, just working out, having fun, um, living fit. And, and that is great. But then they want to just hammer it, getting ready for a competition and their body actually isn't ready yet. Um, you know, those people also need to give themselves three to four weeks, uh, maybe six weeks, maybe eight weeks, maybe even three months to get that solid core foundation, uh, back within their body before they pepper on the weightlifting program on top of the CrossFit program, on top of the hypertrophy program. Um, and so we've also seen it from people that have been uh, with us for quite a long time that uh, that haven't really been training with a ton of intensity and all of a sudden now they get fired up about something they want to compete and and then they just hammer it down and their body's not quite ready for that volume so true intensity is the is the final piece of the puzzle to be added, if you will, when it comes to uh, building that foundation, right? So we talk about mechanics, consistency, and then and only then intensity. Uh, So mechanics is number one. And so for brand new people in particular, learning how to air squat, you got to do that first before you're going to try and back squat 300 pounds or whatever it may be, right? So you need to learn the the mechanics first. And then consistency, I think, kind of talks about or goes to what Steven's saying. If you um, haven't been very consistent um, and you just want to hop into intensity, and intensity can mean a couple different things. We can be talking about the volume, which I think is kind of what Steven was talking about with just throwing in all the different programs and extra workouts and this and that. Uh, but intensity is also uh, the loading that you put on the bar, right? You don't just all of a sudden try and go for that 500 pound deadlift. If you haven't learned the mechanics, been consistent in training it, uh, that doesn't make sense. You're out of order there. Cart before the horse, I guess. Uh, so that intensity comes comes last in terms of the foundation. We have to have the mechanics first. We have to have the consistency, and then we can add the intensity. Which I think is a tricky balance. It's because, so hard. Yeah, because we want you want to get a good workout in, right? And the intensity is where the magic happens. And so it's like, okay, well, how do I scale this then? I mean, that's really the question we're kind of getting into. How do I scale it so I'm in that zone of consistency? I have a foundation. I know my foundation's kind of there. I'm, I'm getting in. I'm, I'm 
regularly working out and now I'm adding the appropriate amount of intensity. And how do you add intensity, say, into a the workout of the day or of the conditioning element and do so in a way that's safe, maybe by reducing the weight load but so you can go hard or fast, right? So let's talk a little bit about what are, how do you do, how do you scale it? Yeah. Yeah. Great point. I, I think that, um, that that's a, it's a very tricky thing, especially for somebody to come in and you say, well, we just need to scale this properly for you. And that doesn't make any sense to them because they, they're not even sure what the prescribed movements are or, or let alone, you know, what they should be doing in order to get that intensity. But you're absolutely right. It is a delicate balance because people want to get in a workout and, and there's no positive adaptation that that will come without any intensity. When we're learning mechanics, that's skill-based. We're talking about movement patterns, creating safety within the movement patterns. Uh, and, and that stuff is slow. It's controlled. It is deliberate. Uh, and we're trying to teach people how to, how to move properly. But if you spend the whole hour not letting people work out and boring them with the, the mechanical aspects, that doesn't lead to necessarily a very good experience. So the, the, the short answer is when you're in the gym, there's a coach there. They will help you do a movement that works for you where you can still get intensity. Last night I was working uh, with an athlete in the gym who very new, um, can't do a lot of things. There's a lot of just pre-existing uh, conditions there that prohibit them to do uh, a clean and jerk. And we ultimately landed on doing kettlebell swings because it was something that they could do. The hips were still extending. We weren't doing singles on kettlebell swings for maxes like we were in the, in the, in the regular class. Um, but we were off to the side and we were doing sets of 10 on kettlebell swings and she was sweating profusely. <laughs> I mean, she was getting intensity from that. And Love so some kettlebells. Yeah, everybody's just at a different place along that, uh, along that sliding scale and where they start and where they're at. Um, and everybody has different limitations. But the short answer is your coach is there to help you. And at the same time, your coach doesn't have like a telepathy into your shoulder joint, into your back, into your hip. They can't, they can't tell what's going on in there. Um, but you can. And so the, the coach athlete communication dynamic is so important. Um, you know, I like to think that the best coaches are not the coach on the stage, but they're more or less the consultant on the side, helping guide you in the right direction as it relates to getting you movements that you can do to get intensity for you so that you still get in the great workout. Your body still adapts positively, but doesn't set you up, uh, for injury. A lot of people are too afraid to ask They they, they they get in the gym, they see the workout, they want to do the workout, they're fired up. I got goals, I got motivation. I'm trying to get myself to where I want to be as quickly as possible, and I'm just going to do it. Yet my shoulder is throbbing right now, and and I'm I'm tough, so I'm just going to fight through this. And that's the biggest mistake you can make. We need that telepathy into your shoulder joint. You, we need you to go up to the coach and be, my shoulder hurts. Um, and, and maybe it's just a matter of, of we do a movement that creates the exact same stimulus, the kettlebell swing instead of the, the, the clean and jerk, um, but we do it for you in a way that you get the intensity out of the movement. The intensity has uh, leads to a positive adaptation for you, and you progress along that sliding scale, and you get better that day. Yeah, scaling is, I mean, 
it's on the coaches and that is why the coaches are there. I think there's so many people that are, that are afraid to ask or they're not sure, or they just want to fight through maybe if it's pain, if they just want to fight through the pain, cause they just want to do, uh, do the workout. But man, if I had a nickel for every time I told an athlete, we're going to find a movement or a scale or a modification that is pain-free for you. That's what I want you to do for the workout. The look that they give you is like, what? I'm like, well, yeah, if it hurts, we're not going to do it. I'm a really smart, brilliant coach. That's my advice to you. If it hurts, <laughs> don't do it. If I had a nickel for every time I said that and the weird look on the athlete's face, oh, I'd be a millionaire. Um, but I think that that's something that a lot of people don't realize. And, and, you know, when we talk about pain, there's the pain in the workout and then there's injury pain, right? Like workouts hurt. Um, and that's a good thing. But if it's injury pain type stuff, that's a totally different situation. Um, and there are always scales, modifications and substitutes that we can use. So, um, let's say we're talking a weightlifting movement. So clean and jerk, I guess, or let's, let's just make it a squat clean. Um, that's pretty common. So an athlete's doing squat cleans, like it's kind of, it's bugging my knee a little bit. And I can always tell if I watch them, they make that, that face, they cringe in the bottom of the squat. I'm like, what's going on? Is something bugging you? I'm like, yeah, it really hurts my knee. It's like, well, Okay, should we go lighter? That's step one. Let's take some weight off and see if we can get it to be pain-free. So, okay, we take a little bit of weight off. If that does the trick, going lighter, awesome. Then we'll just, you know, go 10, 15 pounds lighter and rock and roll from there. Go slow, focus on the mechanics. Don't worry about loading. Make sure that we're pain-free. If we take 20 pounds off the bar and they're still wincing in the bottom of the squat, say, hey, (laughs) let's try a power clean instead of a squat clean. Let's get rid of the squat, see if that's better on the knee. How's that do? Have them do a rep. If that's good, then we stay there. If not, we go to something else. And there's just, it's, there's layers and there's always something else that we can do. And that is the coach's job. That's what the coaches are there for, for the athletes to find movements that are pain-free if they've got something that's bugging them, or if they're brand new and they're just not really sure what to do, they're learning the movements. Um, Same thing. That's scaling has, there's so many different ways to scale, reasons to scale, options for scaling. And that's what the coaches are for. I love it. And I think that is welded, connected, intimately tied to self-awareness for the athlete as well. Because, you know, to Steve's point around, you know, nobody can hear your hamstring screaming except you. <laughs> you know, nobody can hear your shoulder crying out for desperate help except you. And so I think, I think one of the things we need to be aware of as athletes when we're in the workout is our self-awareness. Okay, is this good pain, bad pain? You know, am I getting, am I feeling like this is a challenge? Am I a little uh, afraid of this because it's a fear of going big? Or am I afraid of this because I have a sense that I might hurt myself? I think about the time I might, I fractured my wrist slightly. It was one of the times I haven't had a ton of injuries luckily throughout my CrossFit experience, but the times that I have were times that I had a feeling, awareness, I knew I shouldn't be doing a particular thing, either the load was too heavy or that particular day I just had a sense, you know, like, oh, my back feels weird or my like, my glute is just, I don't, you know, maybe today isn't the day I, I go for a really, really heavy debt. In those days that then I have done it, Rambo style, ham, yeah. just getting yeah. it. You, you know, maybe it's somebody I'm perceiving it. that I'm trying to compete with the guy next to me. Maybe I'm competing with myself. Maybe my lifting partner or maybe my beautiful wife is making fun <laughs> of me. You know, and I'm feeling like I have to go prove myself. 
those are the situations where we shut our self-awareness down and then we end up with a potential injury or a situation that takes us out. So that's where I think we got to find that balance. We do. We do. You're exactly right. And, and you know, when things begin to hurt a little bit or you start to get that, that, that joint, that hip, that knee, that, that shoulder, whatever it is that, that starts to, it's not injured. It's just kind of sore all the time. You know, there's, there, there is a movement pattern issue that is leading to that. There is something that you are doing mechanically um, and just the way that your body is, is moving that is leading to that pain. There is dysfunction somewhere. And, you know, the biggest is I, I think it's a huge rite of passage for people as they as they become more self aware because the nice thing about doing our workouts is they make you very aware of your body over time and a lot of people don't have that awareness early on they just they, they haven't that's right it yet that's a good point you yeah. don't walk in necessarily with a ton of body awareness yeah you don't you you don't you think squat I'm gonna squat and I I squatted and it was fine you know is the coach is looking at it, we're like that's crooked the and I say, you even know? even if you look at kids as they right. get in and people want to make this argument of like these functional movements like we're hardwired to just do these movements and i would say yeah kind of you know what i mean yeah sure it, when we're kids they we squat down naturally but we don't have a 200 pound barbell on our back as a little baby you know what i'm saying you know so i think as we get through our adolescence and as adults we're coming in as crossfitters and learning whatever we don't have a high level of body awareness in movement awareness, in where our limitations are. Yeah. You're absolutely well, and right. Es- and especially with new movements. I mean, if somebody has never touched a barbell before or never done an air squat before or never done a push-up before or a pull-up or a wall ball, sh- I mean, a lot of the stuff that we do is brand new for people. And so the body awareness is even more complicated. I mean, I like to look at, you know, new folks when we do our warm-ups, we don't do, you know, super... Uh, complicated stuff, but we do, um, you know, like some skipping with some arm swings and some toe touches and butt kickers and a little bit of coordination, agility type stuff. I can tell right then and there <laughs> where some people's body awareness right, exactly. is Exactly. That's, that's why we dynamic stretch every that's day. That's right. And that's why sometimes yeah. we do cartwheels because yeah. frankly, oh God, as adults, yeah. <laughs> cartwheels can be terrifying. Uh, yep. They can be terrifying. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. I cartwheel. I've yeah. never done a cartwheel. Well, in, yeah. You know, 25 years. It's, yeah. it's scary. Well, yeah. talk about body awareness, right? Somebody that hasn't done a cartwheel in 25 years, if they don't have very much body awareness, they're going to go for glory. And that's, that's probably not a good thing. That's, and so, thing. Yeah, that's right. That's, so we want to scale into that. Exactly. That's what we scale into it. Because if we, if we just stay limited by our fear, if we just stay limited by what we've always done or known, right. then we're never going to grow. That's so right. growth requires us to be uncomfortable. Yes discomfort, but not necessarily pain, right. sharp injury style pain. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it, it is, it is a good thing. It is a positive thing to be confronted with something new that, 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 that makes you a little scared. That's a good thing. Um, and, and it is a, it is a great thing to, to work towards overcoming that fear. The way that you overcome your fear of heights is to not walk up to the edge of a cliff and jump off of it. Yeah, that will not drive good outcomes for you. <laughs> you know? It just, it's not going to. The way that you overcome your fear of heights is you, you do that slowly, step by step. Start at the bottom of the cliff and look up. Maybe uh, climb up 10 Maybe feet. Maybe visualize it in Maybe your you head. Visualize Maybe see it. it first. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you just don't go for glory. Right. <laughs> I'm going to conquer this fear of heights. Yeah. yeah so you go skydiving. Yeah. Day, right? <laughs> exactly. And then you have a heart attack. Not yeah, a good totally. idea. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that, um, you know, just sort of, you know, back to back to that point of 
when when you are when you are doing our workouts, you're you're getting fit, but you're learning about your body. And and when things start to hurt, that's the first sign. You know, that that's the first sign that, you know, you you need to bring up the communication between you and who's coaching to let them know that you're you're experiencing this. And what it does is again, it's not it's that telepathy thing into your shoulder joint. Now the coach can instantly zone in and hone in on the movement patterns that that may be leading to that. Like as an example, if your knee starts to hurt, most physical therapists agree that knee pain is a function of hip dysfunction and hip pain oftentimes is a function of a, a, a knee dysfunction. The two are very connected, you know, and you can't really fix a knee issue without, without looking at the hip and vice versa. And now nobody coming into that that is new is going to is going to know that. You see what I mean? But if 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 somebody talks to, tells me as a coach my knees beginning to hurt, I'm immediately looking at the hips. And I'm 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 looking specifically at that to see if there's some sort of movement pattern issue that's leading to the pain. A lot of people just want to treat the pain, treat the pain, treat the pain. No, there's probably something that's leading to the pain. And and, and that's where that that's where the attention needs to be focused. Our coaching staff is very very good at at helping people move properly. That's, that's why we exist and and to create safety and structure and, and intensity. But, you know, if if there are times where, you know, something is, is just getting worse and worse and worse, that's the time that we, we need that person to, to reach out and get some, speak up. up. Yeah. I mean, I've had, I've, I, whenever there's an athlete that's you know, like I said, you watch them do a movement and they wince in the bottom of the squat or whatever. It's like, oh, what's going on? You know, is your knee kind of bugging you? Yeah, it just feels, you know, it kind of hurts. Well, how long has it been bugging you? And if they say <laughs> any longer than like a week or two, I'm like, whoa, speak up. Where have you been? Like, what's what's going on? Like, we can solve this. If you've been in pain for four weeks, six weeks, six months, you know, what are we doing? And that is not the purpose of the gym. The purpose of the gym is to get fit and enjoy your life. And if you're hurting your knee, you're working against yourself. Which and is so, different than muscle soreness. So you want, yes. you're going to have some muscle soreness, especially too, if you have a pre-existing condition or somebody who has a complicated kind of scenario. Like I think about Mary, my wife, who's had, you know, multiple knee surgeries on each knee. You know, she's coming in in, in now she's much, much better. But like, look at her. If she was first time walking in, she's like a hot mess. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like she doesn't know. She's had all these surgeries. Doctors don't know. And that's really outside the scope of a coach's ability to assess. I mean, that's where you're in the realm of getting a professional involved. Absolutely. Go see a PT. Go see DeBell. Go get some help from somebody who has specialized knowledge and who is medically licensed to address that thing. But if you're feeling it, start with your coach and say, hey, FYI. Yeah, I've been, oh yeah, this has been bugging me. And then if our coaches can't assess it or they feel it's outside the scope, they're, then we have resources and places we say, hey, go check these people out. They do great work. Yeah, well, and that's the thing that frustrates me the most about the athlete that's like, well, it's been bugging me for like two or three months is then we feel, then I feel like, you know, it's been going on so long, then we're at the point where we have to go see the doctor. And I really believe that we in the gym, coaches and scaling and modifying, um, can avoid that. And so that's my point of frustration when it's like, oh, this is going on for three months and it's still not getting better. Yeah, we're probably going to have to go see the doctor. I wish that we could have gotten to it 
you know, months ago and avoided that, that whole thing. And I really do, you know, we are not doctors at the gym. So it's not like, Oh, now, you know, I'm a doctor. I could have fixed it for you, but we're past that point. That's not what I'm saying, but our coaches can, you know, watch movement, correct movement and see if that helps. You know, if your knee's bugging you when you squat, try to do this when you squat. Oh, that feels much better. Awesome. Squat like that. Um, or yeah. Or if, you know, if squatting just isn't, in the game for you, I, I would think that Mary is probably not going to be a three, four, five day a week squatter, back squats, front squats, squat cleans, probably not. And so if that's the case, if you're that athlete, it makes me think of a lot of our master's athletes as well. Um, joint stuff. We're just going to not squat today. Instead of a squat clean, we can try a power clean or kettlebell swing or something that's going to be a great workout for you. And, you know, Leave the knees alone. That's right. And maybe in that case, it's like sometimes I think too, when we look at pain or chronic issues with joints, uh, they can also be indicative of muscle imbalance. And that was something that, you know, I know just Mary had struggled with quite a bit being quad dominant, right? And so switching over and doing a ton more glute and hamstring work has now over time, you know, so instead of to your point, doing what everybody else is doing, say, hey, actually, I'm working on this exercise, this exercise, letting the coach know the coach is like, oh, that's fantastic. Great. You do that that allows for a person then to start building up some of those muscle imbalances in a great place, you know, to get that if you haven't done that before, if you're wondering, I mean, that's what the personal kind of training style stuff is great for too. As just as an example, if you need help with that, that's a place where you can get that. Because I think sometimes when it comes to assessing and then prescribing your muscle imbalance or your movement issue, that's where it's really, really, really beneficial to get some additional help. You're just otherwise you're not generally speaking, even if you're an advanced practitioner, even an advanced athlete, it's hard to self-diagnose always. It is. It 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 is very, very difficult. And um and you know, if if you have that 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 issue, that that pain that is is just you know, is is there and and you're you feel like you're injured, definitely Talk to the coach, and we will refer you to the people that 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 we've worked with before, because we, we we've worked with a lot of PTs in the area, so we know the good ones, we know the bad ones, we, you know we we know all that stuff, and we can give you a good referral to go get it checked out, you know. But it, at the same time, you know, if if you're in that that category where, you know, I I I feel like my squat, I have a difficult time getting below parallel. Um, it doesn't hurt when I squat, but maybe it's just a mobility thing. That's a, a great place to start is get some one-to-one time set up. Um, and we'll, we'll look at the way you move and we'll look at what is the limiting factor. Uh, and then, and then we'll start working from there to, to progress you along. I love it. What about, what about another kind of setback? You know, uh, what about burnout? I mean, because I feel like that, so that can be something, even if you're, you know, you're kind of past that initial stage, you're into it, you've been maybe, maybe at the gym for months or in some cases years, maybe you are semi-competitive or competitive um, and burnout can set in. And I think we've all, everybody's had their bouts with that. That can come in any long-term kind of relationship, any long-term endeavor. So let's talk about burnout specifically how to avoid that kind of setback. Totally. Yeah. And, you know, we are all about sustainability at Industrious. We want people in it for the long haul, in it for their wellness for the long haul. Um, and oftentimes people start, uh, they, they, there's some sort of motivation there, whether it's pain or, you know, some some sort of 
motivational trigger that fires people up and says, I am going to get out of bed and get to the gym and I'm going to work out and I'm going to get fit again or whatever. There's some sort of, you know, big time driving force there. And so they come in and and they start getting momentum. But the issue is, is that, you know, motivation is not that strong. If you really look at it, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's wonderful. We all need motivation to, to, to push us and kind of act as a catalyst. But motivation is very, very weak as it relates to habit. So the goal for us is to get you from I am motivated to living the healthiest life possible, living the industrious lifestyle, working out every day is habit that is just difficult to break. It's harder to break than, than, than smoking. It, it, that's where we're trying to, to, to get people because that's where mo- mo- motivation is always going to get hit in the face. <laughs> it's just, just like walking into the ring with Mike Tyson. You know what I mean? But what I know overcomes motivation is habit, 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 habit. So, so, you know, uh, avoiding burnout is, 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 it is not simple. I shouldn't say that it's as simple as this, but it really does come down to being realistic with yourself on, on, on where you're at and what is a good, solid training regimen for you right now, wherever you're at, you know, if you come into the gym, you have no idea how to work out. You have no idea how to shop. You have no idea how to cook. You're at one point along the scale. If you come into the gym and you're like the wellness guru, you know what I mean? You know, everything about food, you know, everything about, uh, uh, CrossFit and working out already, you know, you're going to be at at a different place, relatively speaking. And so, you know, the person that is just getting into it, you know, we just need two times a week, you know, two, t- two workouts. Momentum, a week. baby. Momentum. Yep, yep, yep. And, and we start getting the momentum going. Um, and then when that becomes a little too easy, then we add on a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more um, until we get that habit to form. But, you know, uh, to your point uh, a couple of shows ago when you're talking about, you know, habits depending on the intensity and complexity of the habit that's trying to be built, it, it, it can take a long time to get those, uh, to get those habits to take hold. Other things are a lot easier and working out, putting yourself through the discomfort of working out the discipline of learning new nutrition. That is a tough habit to build baby. (laughs) Yeah. Habits, habits are so good. And I just want to throw in also in terms of avoiding burnout, I think maybe on the other side of things, um, you know, there's the newer person, we're trying to build it into their routine, build it into their habit. On the flip side of that, if somebody's starting to feel a little bit burned out, um, there's somebody that we see at the gym all the time and they're just, you know, my body's feeling kind of beat down or I'm not feeling as fired up about it. One of my first questions is when was the last time you took a rest day? You know, and I think that that's a really important balance to keep in mind as well is, you know, your body needs that time to rest and recover, but I think that your mind also needs it. You need the mental break. Um, and also just to find the balance and priority priorities in your life and your lifestyle. You know, if you're at the gym, just hammering it every day, no rest day, your body's going to be beat down. You're going to be beat down mentally. It's going to probably be a little bit harder to find that motivation or momentum, um, in your workouts because you're so fatigued from not having a rest day in the last week, two, three. Um, so that's another point that I like to keep in mind as well in terms of burnout is take a break. You know, if you've been hammering it at the gym, take a rest day or call me crazy, maybe two (laughs) and, you know, 
let your body mind recover and then when you come back into the gym you'll be so fired up i know for me my favorite days to work out are monday and friday because i rest on sunday and thursday and if i i know that if i throw in a workout on thursday for example my workout on friday is s- slow and i'm not as motivated i'm not as fired up but if i follow the same workout Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and instead take a rest day on Thursday, I am ready to go on Friday morning. So I think keeping that in check balance is is key to everything. So I think that's super helpful with uh, burnout in particular. Such a good point. In, in it's, you have to bake that in. You know, you have to if you come in saying, I'm going to work out seven days a week for the next month, there's going to be a day that punches you in the face and you're not going to make it to the gym. And then you're, 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 it's going to be such a, it tips the momentum in the opposite direction. You have to bake in the ebbs and flows of life. Um, and, and you know, that's where it goes back to this whole concept that we've been introducing recently as it relates to purpose and pleasure. You know, you, you have your purpose days in the gym, in life. Most of us have five days a week because that's the day that you know we're, we're at work. That's the day we're hitting the gym. And then we've got some pleasure days built in there too. It's just that, that there's something to that, right? There is. It, 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 there is. Adopting a model that a sustainability model means that you, you have something that you're working towards, driving towards, doing, and then you're also having stuff that you're doing just for fun, just for its own sake, just for enjoyment, for pleasure purposes. I mean, because come on, like we love to do stuff that's fun. And so I think a big part of burnout is finding ways to make it fun again, getting reconnected to why you're doing it in the first place. Why, what is your motivation? What is your goals, outcomes, purpose? Why are you even there? And then looking at, okay, do I have the right balance right now? And maybe I need to be putting in some more fun style stuff and not worrying so much about being overly competitive because I think burnout can come from being overly competitive and feeling like you've ground so hard. You've been working so hard on something that you can feel in it. Yeah. I see that on the elite end of the spectrum all the time, you know, with, 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 with our elite level CrossFit athletes in the gym and weightlifting athletes, um, you know, they are so committed to, to, being the best athletes that they can be. They're competitive people by nature. They're amazing physical specimens. I mean, what they can do is amazing. Um, But you're right, on the elite end of the spectrum, burnout comes because the focus of their training is never for pleasure. It is for the purpose of qualifying for the CrossFit Games against the 60 fittest people on planet Earth. Let's say that again. On planet Earth, 60, the fittest people. It is more elite than getting into the NFL for crying out loud. Those guys are going to carry a lot of distress into every training uh, session because they're they're so focused. This has to be a perfect, purposeful training session all of the time. And I know because I was on that end of the spot. I was never a games athlete. I was good in our region for a long time. And I, and I distinctly remember that every training session was stressful because that training session needed to be perfect. And that led to a lot of distress. That leads to a lot of competitive athletes burning out. You can talk to a, to an elite level golfer. You can talk to an elite level football player, baseball player. And I'm sure that there's a lot of them listening and they're probably all nodding their head saying, yes, it is, it is a unhealthy kind of stress when it gets to that point. And that can lead you to training burnout, focus burnout, performance burnout. Um, so what you have to do is you, you, 
you have to get in one those rest periods, those rest in by rest period, I mean off season. CrossFit athletes, you know, football players get an off season. Baseball players get an off season. Basketball players get an off season. You know, it, it, professional athletes get off seasons. CrossFit athletes go to the CrossFit games, you know, maybe go out and have a cheat meal and then they get back into the gym and they start training for the next season with no off season. I mean, what I mean by rest period is I mean pleasure period with working out two to three months where you don't give a shit. You just go in and you work out. You have fun. Work have out some with fun. Yeah, exactly. Find the joy again. Find the joy yeah, again. Yeah, totally. You gotta find the joy again. Yep. And, um, it, it, and then as the season starts to loom, that's where you start peppering on that, that, that intensity and that focus. Um, but, you know, on the elite end of the spectrum, I see a lot of athletes burning out because they are just, they, they, they have not found any pleasure in their training sessions in a very, very, very long time. It's been 100% for purpose. And that's a mistake. They need to be getting in those two to three pleasure four pleasure training sessions in per week, just to keep them fresh and engaged. And, and the ones I feel like that are most successful at the games are probably getting that in. They, they just don't even realize it. Absolutely. And, and I think in some cases, you know, this goes back to all the interesting research done on Olympians, you know, gold medal Olympias and stuff, and looking at their obsession with you know, winning versus training and really looking at just making the training sessions great, falling in love with the training and applying themselves there and kind of disconnecting themselves actually from the end goal, the outcome. Because sometimes when you talk about that burnout and stress, it's the pressure we place on ourselves to perform with this end outcome goal in mind. Like I'm looking at one to win. I'm a winner. I'm going to win, win, win. Versus just going in there and finding purpose and finding finding training satisfaction and just doing a great workout. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that burnout piece has like a physiological component, has a psychological component. And I think when you're getting into those upper levels of, of, of athleticism, you need to be looking at both of those. You know, you need to be looking at how is your body doing? How is your kind of your out, your outlook, your mindset, you know, your emotional engagement? What does that look like? Because it's the combination of all of those things on game day go time that's going to allow a champion to rise and if you have neglected one or you're coming in and you're you don't have a lot you haven't built up a lot of strength there because you've gone so hard you're in trouble you're in trouble you're in trouble exactly exactly so you know it 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 is a balance of of when am i going to be working out and training for purpose and and when am i going to be working out and training for pleasure and and you need to have you, you need to have both if you don't um uh, you know, burnout is, is a very, very real thing and it can set you a lot further back. If you just absorb the fact that, that progress, not perfection is the name of the game. Progress, not perfection, progress, not perfection. How am I going to win this day? Uh, that is what keeps you just rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling. Um, and, uh, and I think that, that that's the theme that needs to be embraced to avoid burnout. That's it, friends. You heard it here. Avoid burnout, avoid setbacks, be smart, be self-aware, and listen, purpose and pleasure. This is your permission to have some fun, enjoy your life, have a good time, and do things that just feel good because. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. This has been a great episode. Thanks, everybody, for being here. We will see you on the next episode of the Industrious Radio Show. Thanks, guys. This podcast has been brought to you by B-Squared Marketing and CrossFit Industrial.